Hello, everyone. This is Julie Townsend, and I am back, and it is time for Downtown Dish. It's Tuesday at 5 o'clock, and I hope that you had a wonderful beginning of your week. Uh, I have a very special guest today. Um, I have Tim Calhoun with uh, Fresco's. He's one of the, he and his wife, Tina, are the owners of Fresco's Southern Kitchen in downtown Lakeland on South Kentucky, and we are going to uh, learn about his business and his journey in downtown. So I'm very excited to speak with him. Hello, Tim. Hello, Julie. And um, But before we get to that, I just want to update everyone on some fun things happening in downtown. We had a great holiday season. I think everyone had uh, great business and um, sales were up for, for many of the businesses. So uh, folks were out spending money and enjoying the beautiful lights in Mun Park and uh, all the decorations and, um, and you know, great events that we had. Uh, so this is kind of our a little bit slower time. January, we just had a first Friday, so we've got another one coming up in February. Uh, Catholic Charities is our sponsor, and it's going to be Mardi Gras theme. So we're going to have some bead throwing and a, a walking parade. And uh, and hopefully some some hurricanes for sale somewhere, <laughs> somewhere uh, trying to find a, a king cake provider. That's that's difficult to find someone who can bake. Maybe Tina. <laughs> Maybe. Tina's, <laughs> Tina's like, no, nothing else <laughs> on my plate. Um, but yeah, some some king cakes. Hopefully we'll get out there. But uh, we're still in the planning stages, finalizing those details. But that's always a good time. Uh, the first Friday Mardi Gras theme, have some live music out there. And, um, you know, we've got another event coming up. We're partnering again with Buena Market on February 12th. So we'll have uh, like a Valentine night market kind of thing going on. Uh, and we'll have, we're also working with the Lakeland Art Guild on that event. So we'll have an art component to that and perhaps a wine tasting. We're working on on some of those details as well. So we've got a couple of fun things coming up. Uh, rather quickly uh, in in downtown. And of course, the farmer's market was back. We had a two-week hiatus from the farmer's market because they landed on holiday weekends or holiday Saturdays. But uh, the farmer's market is back in full swing, Saturdays 8 to 2. And the only month we take off is the month of August because it's just too darn hot. That's what we're told. So, um, so yeah, so we are excited about all of that good stuff that's coming up and you can always keep track of downtown Lakeland events at downtownlkld.com or any of our social media handles, which are all downtown LKLD. We did, we did secure a TikTok channel, Tim, but I, (laughs) not my thing. Do you, you you don't have a Fresco's TikTok? We do not. (laughs) I, I don't, I just don't, I just don't have the energy. For it, I just don't have the mental no. energy, so I'm gonna have to recruit some some interns, <laughs> I think, for that one. But social media, the others, you, know, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter at Downtown LKLD. So, Tim, um, I asked you. Uh, I was thinking this answer was going to be much longer, but I was so surprised to hear. But you have been in downtown for 13 years now. Just shy of it, yes. Yep. And I, I, I was surprised at that because it feels like seventeen to me. <laughs> Feel like twenty. <laughs> and um, and and I and I said to you, you know, when you first, I remember, 
uh, you took over for JJ's Cafe. They sold you their maybe the business. No, they not, sold us the physical assets. The physical assets, right. and uh, the building that you're in is is not owned by you. No, and so you took over their space, their physical assets. And Fresco's, what was it? Fresco's Bakery, right? Was what it? Fresco's Bakery and, and Bistro. Bakery and Bistro. That's right. That's what it was called. And it was lunch and uh, breakfast only at the time. Correct. No Sundays. No Sundays. Wow. How wow. <laughs> times have changed. <laughs> uh, yes, they have. Very much so. And yeah, so that's what I wanted us to, uh, when we, we've got a few minutes before the break, but I just wanted to just tell us like the very early beginnings, like you and Tina, what I know you were, she's been in this business for a long time um, as a, as a chef. Right. And then I guess, how did you, how did you end up in downtown? Well, the funny thing is Tina had three restaurants when she was 20 in downtown Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas. Ah. And yeah, and then she sold them and moved down here and did a little bit of corporate stuff, but always really worked for herself. Um, she catered our wedding in 2007. Wait, she catered her own wedding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She That's, did. That is so um, Tina. <laughs> she cooked two hundred. She cooked two hundred chicken breasts on a little gas grill in the backyard. But, anyways, uh, what really pushed us to do this was um, I'm a corporate guy. Um, in two thousand and four, uh, my company. I'm sorry, two thousand and nine. My company uh, went public at the time and made a twenty percent cross the board cut of employees. Oh wow! And we had to stay home and sit and wait for a phone call. And I was the last rep in my territory or in my district to receive a call that we still had a job. But at that time we were talking about what if this happens again? Mm -hmm. And Tina was kind of getting the bug to get back in the restaurant. So that's what started. We started looking around, just came upon that spot and worked on it. And yeah. So what, is there a reason why back in the day that it was just breakfast and lunch? Was it, was it because that's kind of the trend that was the trend in downtown or? No, we kind of did it. So we'd have some more time together (laughs) in the evening. (laughs) Little do we know we have way too much time together, (laughs) but uh, that was the start. And as after a year, we started talking about doing Sundays. And so about a year in, we started doing Sundays, breakfast and lunch, Mm -hmm. and saw the number of people that really wanted to do that. And so in 2009 or 2011, we expanded next door and went full service, breakfast, lunch, and dinner um, two years in. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about that because it's it's definitely been an evolution in that space. You started off in one parcel, went to two, three. I think now you're at four. Uh, uh, more it, than that. <laughs> okay. Well, you'll tell us when we get back. Okay. So stick with us. We're going to keep talking to Tim Calhoun with Frescoes, and he's going to tell us all about his journey in downtown Lakeland. And we are back. This is Julie Townsend with Downtown Lakeland, and this is Downtown Dish. We are dishing out the goods, the dirty goods and the and the clean goods on, on Downtown Lakeland. My very special guest uh, tonight is Tim Calhoun. He and his wife, Tina, are the owners and operators of Fresco's Southern Kitchen in Downtown Lakeland on the corner of South Kentucky and Lemon. And uh, they have had quite the evolution of of their business in downtown. Started off uh, in one little parcel as a bakery and bistro, breakfast and lunch only. And uh, now they are the super empire that is Fresco's <laughs> uh, that everyone thinks is, is corporate. So uh, that's got to be uh, a nice compliment for people to think that you're so well run and so well organized that you couldn't possibly just be you and Tina. <laughs> 
<laughs> but alas, it is. So when we left off, we were we were talking about uh, how you did expand to to Sundays and, and lunch and dinner uh, after a couple of years, realizing that that's what the market was demanding. Mm-hmm. A lot of people felt that way. Uh, I know that there were several other restaurants that would not open on Sunday, and I would beg them. You know, I'm like, close on Monday and Tuesday. I mean, stay open on Sunday. Do it. And and when they did. Um, they they saw the revenues coming in, people after church and people just looking for something to do. Uh, downtown's very busy on Sundays um, for those of who aren't visiting. Lot, I think every pretty much every restaurant is open. Uh, uh, yeah, we talked about it. I think so. Yeah, and now we've got even retail stores that are staying open on Sundays. So I know that a lot of people you know want that rest day. I totally get it. Um, but, you know, we're not a nine to five Monday through Friday world anymore. And, you know, people... You know, take Monday off. That's what I say. Do you guys close on Monday? No, but we try and take Mondays off now. It's been about six weeks, but yeah, we we try and take Mondays off. So tell us where you know you 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 had the one parcel and you took mm-hmm. over. Tell us, just sort of tell us the story from there. Well, when we took over the the second space, you and I were talking about it was a scrapbook store. It was. Smoothie King at one point uh, was the guy that ran a little convenience store, and that's who we basically took it over from once he left. Our niece, our lease enables us to have first right refusal on on any space in our building, so we took that over, did a major remodel, major rebranding, and became a beer and wine bar. At that time, we had about a hundred beers, probably had about seventy five wines, and we went to full breakfast, lunch, and dinner menu. Um, and it was a hit from the beginning, mm-hmm. and that was two thousand eleven. Um, our catering business was beginning to start at that point too, because we also do offsite catering. And about in that time frame, we started a- accumulating, for lack of a better word, <laughs> other rooms in the building that were being utilized for catering mm-hmm. events, for business meetings and things like that. Uh, and that proved to be good too. But then with all of our research and stuff, we decided we wanted to do full liquor. We wanted mm. to do whiskey and yeah. bourbon and classic cocktails. So... And that led us to talk about um, what are we going to do, how are we going to do it, be able to do it in this space. Well, next door was a Chinese restaurant. I don't know if you remember that. I do. We do. A Chinese <laughs> restaurant. And um, But before that, you talking about the corner parcel? Yes. Before that, it was Quiznos. Well, and then it was a Turkish restaurant. Then the, it was a Chinese right. restaurant. <laughs> so one day, Tina was outside, and the owners were talking to somebody about buying the business. And... Um, Tina goes, we'll buy it. We'll buy the the equipment. Mm-hmm. We want it. He goes, oh, no, 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 too expensive. And we went, she goes, how much? And he told her a price, and she goes, we'll take it. <laughs> so that's kind of how that started. So we got another 1,200 square feet. So we started with 12, went to 24. Now the main restaurant is 3,600 square feet. So two years later, we did another major remodel, major rebranding, mm-hmm. and became one of the first classic cocktail bars in Lakeland. And added live music and that type of stuff. Yes, yes. And so what? tell me about the transition between being a beer and wine only and, and, and full liquor. Because often restaurants, when they come to see me and ask about downtown locations and they talk about, <clears throat> oh, you know, we're, we're probably just going to have, you know, just beer and wine. Um, and uh, so how did, that, how did that evolve for you? It evolved because we tend to watch trends. We tend, when we travel, if and when we travel, we tend to base it on food destinations. We kind of look at it as research. Mm -hmm. We try to see what people are doing, and and we go and we sample, and we go, man, this is a great idea. 
maybe we should bring this back. Maybe we should do this. And and the trend back in 2013 really was towards classic cocktails, towards bourbon bars. And we knew at that time there really wasn't anything in Lakeland. Mm-hmm. And so that transitioned us over. The challenge is licensing, number one. Right. Um, uh, we were able to get a restaurant license, but then number two, it's inventory. Um, to carry what we wanted to carry, it, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. And I hear about it all the time, <laughs> um, the amount of inventory we have in the dollar mm. value. But it's something that, that was needed and it's obviously proven to be very, very good for us. Yeah, so you you had a very small bar at one point, and now you've got how many how, do, how many do you seat at your bar now? Eighteen. Yeah, so that's a nice. That's we went a from nice, eight to eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a nice space, and definitely remodeled in in interior wise. What what drove you to go to sort of the Southern Kitchen name from from just restaurant? I think is what it was before, right? That's one of the things. Tina and I, we make decisions like that. We kind of make them quickly, <laughs> um, especially like the name and and certain things like that of the restaurant. But at the time, we realized with all the other restaurants opening downtown, we didn't really have a true identity, so Mm. to speak. We had a very broad menu, a lot of ethnic cuisines on it. So we were talking about which way we should go. And so Tina was putting together a new menu. And we looked at it, and she kind of went, well, I'm not really sure. And then she looked at it, and she went, well, most everything I've got on here is Southern. Mm. She's a Southern girl, West Virginia mother, (laughs) Georgia father. So it was inevitable to go Southern. Mm. And so, and she likes her butter, she likes her heavy cream. Mm. And so that's a Southern thing. And so the menu kind of pushed us towards the Southern kitchen and bar. So that rebranding came about in 2015, I Mm -hmm. think. Yeah. And the interior sort of reflects that as well with like the wooden planks and things like that on the, on the walls. Or did you change that already? No, no, (laughs) we didn't change that. Please don't, don't bring that idea up. No, uh, at that time we repainted and everything inside, but we didn't do the, um, the pallet walls and everything mm. till about 2018. Oh, okay. We went through another interior remodel and then we went through another interior remodel in 2020. So about every two years we've done that and it's 2022. Uh-oh. So Is yeah, I'm hoping we don't do it again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's disruptive, uh, I bet, on on many levels, <laughs> both personally and We've closed very, very little. I yeah. think the last time we only closed three days to do all the work with flooring and bar and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a beautiful space. Um, it's you know, and and uh, it's it's got a lot of you know room to even though you've got a lot of tables in there, you still feel like it, you're not packed in there like sardines. Mm-hmm. So it's very nice. Uh, we we you are definitely one of my go-to family restaurants. My daughter and son and daughter daughter and son-in-law and husband sat down at first Friday and had some had some uh, appetizers and beverages. So, um, so yeah, when we, when we come back, uh, I want to ask you all kinds of things. I want to know about, uh, just how COVID affected, uh, your business in particular, and then just the trends of, of, re- of restaurants in general. Um, certainly, uh, you know, co- that, you know, the, the, the data suggests that COVID did real well for, for, <laughs> for the businesses that were drive-throughs and, and things like that. And, uh, not only being not a drive-through, the other challenge is that when you're in a downtown situation and you don't have your own dedicated parking lot, uh, you have to to rely on that shared parking. So I want to kind of ask you how how parking affected, um, you know, your your ability to to serve your customers and things like that. But actually, well, it looks like we have we have we have some time. So let's talk about let's talk a little <laughs> bit about that now. OK, we'll, we'll just talk about that now. So so COVID hits. And, uh, and you are, what, what happened when, um, the restaurant closed? 
Well, funny you say that. In <laughs> July of 2019, um, T and I were at home and, and we were talking. I made a decision to retire from my corporate job. Um, and I set a date of March 2020. <laughs> It's your fault. Yeah, yeah it's my it's fault. fault. It's my fault. Um, and, and the only reason I set March was I would have a quarter worth of bonus, but also we always had a national sales meeting. And I knew we'd have another national sales meeting. I've been with the company 33 years. And I want to say goodbye to my friends. Right. So um, all this is starting to hit and they've hired somebody to take my place. So I can't go back on it. <laughs> and so um, March 15th, we were in the car. I think it was a date. We're in the car coming back, and that's when the Governor DeSantis mm-hmm. uh, made the announcement of closing the restaurants, effective basically that evening. Yeah, I remember. It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, it was a Friday afternoon. We got back to the restaurant. There was nobody there. We said, we're closing. Yeah. We're going to close for the weekend. And um, we were in panic mode. I was in a panic mode. I was retiring. Right. Uh, and now my restaurant was closed. It's like, <laughs> oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> Um, in the end, no, it proved to be a good decision. But anyways, we closed for two two days and Tina put together some menus and we can talk about that in a minute. Yeah. About how that made us get through everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it I remember that day vividly uh, mm-hmm. because my phone blew up from everyone calling me saying, is this really happening? Do we really have to close? And mm-hmm. I was like, I am not your mama. I cannot tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> True. But uh, but no, it was it was it was crazy. And mm-hmm. um, and uh, we I think all of us uh, have some some good stories to tell through that period. Good in the sense that we survived it, but uh, not good while while we were going through it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, so, yeah, it's 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 one of those situations where I'm sure you you're going to tell us you had to completely change your model to some degree. For, uh, we, we all did. We yeah. all had to figure out what we were going to do. Yeah. And so I think, you know, like I said, we'll talk about how did parking, you know, play into that? How did we did some uh, to go? We did some additional 15 minute spaces on that block for all of those restaurants. I want to know, you know, if that was helpful and uh, just outdoor seating and the trend of that. And uh, we can talk about parklets. So we got all kinds of stuff. We got lots mm-hmm. of time. We can keep on talking. So stick with us. Uh, we've got another 30 minutes here with Tim Calhoun with Frescoes. His lovely wife, Tina, I'm sure is working right now. <laughs> I'm watching the grandbaby at okay, the same time. Okay, good, good. Oh, the multitasking, <laughs> just like Tina. And uh, so we'll be back in a few minutes uh, with Tim Calhoun talking about Frescoes. Welcome back to Downtown Dish. I'm Julie Townsend, and I'm here with my guest, Tim Calhoun, who owns Fresco's Southern Kitchen in downtown Lakeland at the corner of Kentucky and Lemon with his lovely wife, Tina. Uh, Fresco's has been in downtown Lakeland since May of 2009, but not in its current form. It's an empire now, but it started off (laughs) with its meager little one parcel and bakery and bistro uh, beginnings. And and here we are today with this amazing restaurant that um, you know and and catering services as well. So uh, we were before the break. We were kind of talking about uh, just COVID and when it hit and and where you guys were. And you were going to give us all Tina's uh, secret recipes. Yeah, that's their secret. So <laughs> first of all, I do have to make a clarification. Um, I don't own the business. It's 100% owned by Tina. Oh. It's a 100% female-owned business. I am her employee. Oh, wow. I gave myself title vice president. Nice. That way I can talk to the state and things like that. But other than that, no, people, yeah, 
we own it, but we don't really own it. It's Tina, 100%. She has to make all the corporate decisions. Interesting. Yeah, most Good people don't know you. that. Good for you. So, yeah. So, I'm, I'm at home <laughs> to her for my paycheck every so week. So, you're just the spokesperson today. All right. Correct. That's my background is <laughs> the talking. The vice so, president. Yeah, vice okay. president. Okay. Used to be Thank director you. of spirits and entertainment, but... Um, <laughs> nice clarification. Yes. So, anyways, going back to COVID... Um, I said we, we came back on that Friday afternoon and shut down for two days um, until Monday morning. And I think everybody kind of freaked out and was trying to make a pivot right away of what yeah. are we going to do, what are we going to do. And when they shut, we say shut down, it was shut down for indoor dining. Uh, it wasn't 100% shut down where you couldn't do takeout and stuff like that. So we went home, and Tina had been working on a to-go dinner program for a number of years. But being so busy, we never really had a chance to implement it. Well, she happened to have all those files in her computer. So mm-hmm. she went home on Friday, and we sat at home Saturday and she put together 16 weeks of menus. Mm. Uh, then I typeset them up. And so Monday morning, we already had the program named together. Uh, our social media team was promoting it. And it was basically call in, order, and they could either pick up or we would, me, mm-hmm. would deliver them to them. <laughs> and and we'd post the menus every week. And the menus changed constantly. And there were vegan and vegetarian options. There were dessert options. Um, a bunch of different things were available. And it actually did really, really well. So it wasn't full menu order from Fresco's. It was this a very specific menu? Well, we originally were going to go with that plan, but then we did pretty much do a full menu. Now, we weren't really open in the evenings at that time. We just kind of stayed open during the day and had key employees that stayed with us that we were able to really make enough sales to cover the rent mm-hmm. and, and cover the employees that really need to have a job. Yeah. So... How long, I don't remember, I'm sure you do, how long did did the, did the that last where it was really sort of like? They opened back up at 25% capacity, I want to say in August. Okay. And the only reason I remember that is for some reason, August ended up being our busiest August ever, mm. even at 25% or 50% capacity, excuse me, 50%, 25% in July, 50% in August, <clears throat> and then it wasn't until late September we went to 100%. Right. So outdoor seating became kind of a thing. Um, everybody wanted to, you know, shut down streets and throw tables and chairs and, and just make every possible square inch of, of any downtown, really, not just ours, a place where you could sit and eat outside. What was, what was your thought process with that? We already had. Um, at that time, we had uh, seating in front of the restaurant, front in Kentucky. We had probably 20 to 30 seats, something like that. Um, at that time, um, in June, July, we'd already toyed with, already, always toyed with the idea of putting an awning on the Lemon Street side because we knew the value of outside seating even before COVID. Sure. Um, so we had the time and we went, okay, let's go ahead and buy the awning, buy the furniture, get all the permits and everything we needed and get it set up ready to go so when we open back up, we not we had limited seating inside, but outside could be 100%. Mm-hmm. People forget about that. Right. So at that point, we had 60-plus seats outside. Nice. And then 50% capacity inside. So we were able basically to run a full-seated restaurant in terms of the number of patrons allowed in as we would prior to COVID because of all the outside seating. Mm. So how did to-go play in all that? Because the the— Sort of the word on the street, uh, certainly here, and 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 as I read, I think really everywhere. I mean, obviously, 
people were not going to the grocery store and shopping and eat and cooking meals at home, even though we were all stuck at home, we were still eating out like crazy. Mm-hmm. So how did your what did your to, to go sales? What how were they affected? Obviously, since that's pretty much for a couple months all you had, right? Um, if you compare it to the, the sit down restaurant sales, of course they were way way down. They were better, I think, than I anticipated. Um, Tina's always more optimistic. I'm a more of a well, it's only half full type guy. Um, she's it's almost full. Um, so it, it was able to sustain us. I mean, yeah, did we lose money? Yeah, yeah. But it was something we were able to do and pivot. We learned. We learned some menus now, some items that do work. And as the restaurant started to open back up, we had fewer and fewer people calling and requesting those meals mm-hmm. and requesting takeout to the point where they eventually just went away. Every once in a while, somebody will ask about them, but those are the people that ordered every week. Right, right. So. The diehards. How is your takeout uh business now it has it has it gone back to pre-covid numbers or is it still sort of up a little bit but obviously not as robust as during covid it's probably up and i say that because prior to covid we really didn't have an online order presence through Mm -hmm. our website we have that now yeah um we do not use delivery services at all Mm. um it's basically order online to pick up or curb we still do a curbside we still offer that option but if you compare it to pre-covid yes we're definitely up um more so in the evening and on weekends, during the day, during the week, because of lunches downtown. I always had a, a pretty good to-go business. Yeah. But it's those other hours. Yeah. And just to clarify, I'm not suggesting that COVID is over when <laughs> I say pre-COVID or post-COVID. But clearly, we we in this state, at least, uh, are not um, – we're not ha- we don't have any restrictions from from the state or from the city Correct. in terms of um, seating capacity or, you know, um, uh, hours of operation or anything like that. So that's what I mean in, in terms of pre-COVID or post-COVID. Uh, so so the um, the. The outdoor seating, uh, you had a good capacity, you know, already and then you were able to expand on that. How are how is that today? I mean, again, we're still in mm-hmm. a situation where people are, are being cautious. Uh, but do does that fill up before indoor does? How, how what is the what is the request for outdoor versus indoor? It really depends on the weather. And to be honest mm-hmm. with you, we've not really had anybody make any comment um, about sitting inside or outside. Well, let me rephrase that. There are people that do want to sit outside. Either they're trying to be safe, or they just want to sit outside, or they got a dog or something like right. that. But nobody's really made a comment about having a full dining room or people standing Mm -hmm. and waiting or sitting next to each other at the bar. Um, We haven't had comments probably, I would say, I will say close to a year. People Mm -hmm. have just not worried about that, at least to the point where they're saying something about it. Right. right. So, um, and that's a good thing. Yeah. So. So what business practices did you engage in during that whole crazy period that, that that you said, hey, that that turned out to be a good idea. We're we're going to stick with it. The one thing we did once we opened back up, as you know, we have a very large brunch business, mm-hmm. and so Saturdays and Sundays are usually packed. Um, we instituted a two-hour table limit. At that mm-hmm. point, we never had that before. We had talked about doing it, but we weren't really sure how to transition to that with really upsetting guests. Mm-hmm. So the minute we went to twenty-five percent and fifty percent capacity, we made that a rule. Mm-hmm. And um, that rule has stuck. Um, we really don't have to worry about that. Very rarely do we have to say anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be honest with you, that has really funneled and, and fueled, from, uh, instead of funneled, fueled our growth on Saturday and Sunday brunch. 
now they're able to turn the tables more often and more people are able to see. And we have signs up that say, hey, more people want to be able to enjoy. Right. So we have a two-hour time limit. So people really lingered longer than two hours at their tables? Oh, yes. (laughs) Four or five hours, yeah. That's a long brunch. Yeah, well, I know. That's that's now brinner. When you have bottomless mimosas, (laughs) it can be a challenge. Yes, yes. Bottomless mimosas will do that to you. So like you said, it's... People are naturally they're 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 heeding your your signage. They're they're saying, okay, you know, no, you're not having to ask people to leave. They're just no. wrapping it up in two hours and still probably having a great time and and all that. Right, and some of that's uh, incumbent upon our staff too to make sure they are aware of their times on their tables, mm-hmm. and they also realize the more times they turn the tables, more money, the more money in, in everybody's pocket. Yeah, you just you know you give that bill out when and say. I'll take that when you're yeah. ready. <laughs> Definitely. You just kind of you kind of drop those hints as as needed. All right, so we got a we got one more break and then our last little segment and we'll talk about uh the parklet that is uh un <laughs> unconstructed but in front of your business. We're going to get it. We're going to get it there. Uh this darn uh delays in flights have have messed me up this week. So, we'll come back and talk with Tim, the VP of Frescos <laughs> <laughs> when we return. We're back. This is Julie Townsend, and you're listening to Downtown Dish, where we are getting the scoop on Fresco's Southern Kitchen with Vice President <laughs> Tim Calhoun, who corrected us earlier, corrected me earlier, that Fresco's is actually a 100% owned, female-owned business. Tina is the boss woman, and you are just an employee, so mm-hmm. good for you uh, for living living that life. <laughs> the retirement life. <laughs> the retirement life. Um, we were talking about, uh, you know, we talked about to-go's and, and other changes that you made in the business that, that the COVID restrictions sort of forced upon you. Uh, one of the things we were talking about on the break were your hours of operation. I know you used to have li- lots of live music, and you kind of had more of a sort of a nightlife feel on Fridays and Saturday nights till, what, 2 o'clock in the morning maybe? and No, we close at midnight. You closed at midnight. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so what happened to that, and, and how's that? how do you feel about that? Well, we went ahead because you couldn't really do anything in the bar. You could have no bar stools and things service at the bar there for quite a, quite a bit of time. We just eliminated music at the time and started to close earlier on uh, Friday and Saturday nights. We actually adjusted our hours. We used to open at 7 o'clock in the morning. We now open at 8. We used to open at 9 on Sundays. Now we open at 8. So it's 8 across the board. So basically, um, we're open fewer hours than we ever were before, but we are generating greater income than we ever did before. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to <laughs> it's kind of hard to go back to hours in. Right. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> I guess that's what you say. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's great. I mean, if you're if you're if if every hour you're open, you're generating you know more more income, more revenue uh, than than those extra hours. Then go home, get some sleep. <laughs> you guys work seven days a week. I will say um, on a personal note uh, that you, uh, Tina, in particular, but uh, but I, I include you as in your VP status. Um, are like the hardest working people I've ever met. We, over the years, we don't always agree. <laughs> We've always said that. We don't always agree. But I will put your work ethic and up against anybody, including my own. Like, And I think I work pretty hard. So uh, just amazing 
amazing people. And I appreciate it. Thank you, Julie. I'm glad to call you call you friends as well. Um, So what we we just touched on, we were talking about outdoor seating and and there's a parklet uh, parked in front of your business that's going to be assembled here in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, What do you what what do you think that's going to do? What what how is that going to affect you? It just offers us more outdoor seating. And and you did say specifically on Saturday and Sunday day, and even sometimes now during the week, um, outdoor seating is at a premium. This is the time of year to sit outside in Florida. Right. Um, and so people want to sit outside and enjoy. Uh, for us, any additional seating is just additional revenue. Right. I mean, it also gives us the ability to hire more people because mm-hmm. we're going to be covering, you know, 24 to, to 30 new seats outside. The other thing about the parklet is we're going to be able to – uh, offer a nice little patio seating area for people that are waiting. Mm-hmm. We don't have that right now. Um, people kind of have to stand around. They have pagers, but we're going to offer some um, patio seating as you're waiting for tables as well. Yeah, and that's I, you. You and a few other restaurants are 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 overflowing and and having people mm-hmm. waiting outside, and so we're hoping that this helps alleviate mm-hmm. that and and gets those people seated and eating quicker and right. turning some more tables and, and all of that. So tell us what is next. I know you've got things brewing that you can talk about and that you can't talk about, but there's at least one thing you can tell us that you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, what we we're thinking every time we start a new business, but we did uh, start in the process of starting a new be- business called Boozy Traveler Mobile Spirits Company. Um, it's going to be a totally separate company. It's not owned by um, the Fresco's Empire, as you <laughs> called it. It's a totally separate business. And basically what uh, Boozy Traveler is, it's a mobile bar company in that we rent out. We have three individual pieces of equipment that you can rent out for your special occasion and then purchase alcohol from a licensed vendor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have an alcohol license where you could do that or any of your other local vendors. But you can then serve alcohol out of a cute little electric Vespa cart, Prosecco mm. out of that. We have an Italian uh, Piaggio Ape, which is a three-wheeled motorcycle-style cart with four taps on it that can do Prosecco and wine and beer. And then we call that one the Queen Bee. <laughs> the uh, The little Vespa is called Scout. And then we have the Hive, which is a 14-foot-plus full-bar system that we're um, in the process of finishing up right now, custom-built for us for bar only. So you don't provide—you do provide the alcohol for it, or you don't provide Boozy Traveler does not. We provide the actual— Equipment. Equipment, and then um, the—either the vendor, like Fresco's, could sell the alcohol to the um, person holding the event, or they could bring their own— and then it served out of the cart. So that's fun. So that's just if the events that you're already catering, that could be something extra added to it. Correct. Um, or even if they're if you're not, you could be but just can rent that individually from Boozy Traveler. Correct. And we're going to be probably debuting it the next night market. We tried to do it the past two, but we were just too busy to find the time to get somebody, me, to deliver it and set it up. <laughs> so I think you'll see something in February. We're working on a co-sponsorship with somebody downtown. Okay, very nice. Hmm, all the secrets. Mm-hmm. This is the downtown dish. You're supposed to dish it all out the dirt. Oh, and until it's confirmed. Okay, <laughs> all right, okay. So, yeah, so we've got, um, so there's a lot of new restaurants in downtown since you've mm-hmm. come uh, back in 2009. Um, you know, not to talk about anybody individually, although that'd be fun. Um, but you know, what, how do you feel things have changed in this 
decade plus couple of years that you've been in downtown, just the evolution of, of, of the retail and the restaurants? There's just more people downtown, more people making it a destination. I know that kind of, you hear that all the time. I don't always like to use that word, but more people are coming to downtown. And I always joke, I've lived here for 50 years and you had North Lakeland, you had South Lakeland. And if you live South, you didn't go North. If you live North, you didn't go South. (laughs) This is about as far as you went either way. Mm-hmm. And I always tell somebody, <laughs> God forbid you marry somebody from the other side of town because you have to decide which side of town to live on. <laughs> so this is about what was far north or south people tend to go. And prior, there really wasn't any reason mm-hmm. to come this way. And so one thing Jerry McHugh used to say, he said, the more people that are downtown, the more people that are likely to come into my bar. Right. So we always welcome new businesses. And we're kind of that way, too, mm-hmm. because, yeah, we may be busy. They may see us on food truck night, mm-hmm. but they go, hey, I, I don't never, I've never seen that place before. Mm-hmm. And we need to try that. And that's the way I think business owners should look at the traffic and not necessarily, oh, they're opening another restaurant. No, look at it as an opportunity for somebody else to come downtown, see your business that's never seen it. Right. And I, and the thing that I've always, you know, the, 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 the drum that I beat has always been we want downtown and I think we're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want downtown to be, the, you know, that destination, like you said, for the in the sense that you don't want to say, let's go to X restaurant. Uh, you want to say, let's go downtown, and then we'll figure out where we want to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, if Frescos is on too long of a wait, then we'll look at Harry's. If Harry's is on too long of a wait, we'll look at 1961. If they're on, to, you know, we'll just keep on, you know, Mojo's. You've got all these great uh, full-service, you know, full-bar restaurants. You've got great, uh, you know, fast casual like Pita Pit and Taco Bus. And, um, you know, people don't realize the kind of cuisine you can pretty much get anything downtown almost where, where that's what I, that's what I work on is, is trying to, to bring other types of food, not repetitive food. Um, you know, we've got great Italian in palace pizza and, uh, and, but now we've got tsunami sushi, uh, and with hibachi and we've got screaming tuna with, you know, with, um, with all of their, uh, sushi and tuna and, and and I think they do Roels. Uh we've got um Jimmy John's if you like sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So we've got we've got some great restaurants that are both sit down, you know, spend two hours before you get kicked out. <laughs> uh and then we've got our great fast casual uh, uh places that can serve um, you know, a lot of lunch and, and quick uh quick meals on on the go. And um so yeah, we, we I think there's room for more because I think the more choices that you have the, then you become a place where people will figure it out once they get here, and they like walking around and seeing who's on a wait, who's not on a wait. You know, where can where do we want to go tonight? We'll walk around and and figure it out, and then maybe they'll, you know, stop by, uh, like Jerry McHugh would say, we'll stop by and get a get a nightcap at Molly's, mm-hmm. or uh, now you've got Revival, and we've got some great um, great new businesses in the last uh, in the last few years. So, you know, if you want to join the family, if you're thinking of opening a business, uh, give me a call. We'll, we'll try to figure out where we can put you because we definitely uh, we need more density, need more density. What, what is your quickly? I know we've only got probably a minute. Obviously, lots of people are moving in to downtown. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling like you're seeing those those people who live downtown now as regular customers? Yeah, I was just thinking about that with Mirrorton opening um, and 90 percent capacity or more. We're starting to see that we're actually getting some employees that mm. that don't drive and they're able to walk 
So we're actually seeing that influx. And with the other ones that are planned, we welcome them. We welcome Summit. You know, you got 500 right. people that eventually will be in back in that building at some, to some extent or another. So the more people that are downtown living, working, shopping, the more all the businesses are going to benefit. I mean, yep. that's why we go to other towns like downtown St. Pete. We want to see what's new. We want to go down there and, like you said, pick out, what do I want to eat today? Well, that looks good. We've never eaten there before. Let's go there. Right. And so that's important to, yeah. I think, a lot of people. Yep. Well, I will give you that last word. I know we're running out of time. Uh, this has been Downtown Dish. I'm Julie Townsend. Thanks for listening. Come back next week.